Welcome to Cycle Breakers and Moneymakers, a podcast for women of color and first gen who are breaking generational cycles and glass ceilings by going places no one before them has ever gone. I'm your host, leadership coach and eldest daughter of immigrants, Mariella Delamora. I left a 16 year marketing career to create a multiple six figure a year coaching business as a single mom. Each week, you'll learn how to build unshakable self trust, become in demand lead with confidence, and make more money by being more of who you are. Hello, everyone. So today's episode is going to be a little different. I'm going to share some of what I really see happening in the world, in the global market, in terms of what we value, how I see things changing, how I see the way that people buy changing, how I see what entrepreneurs really want and desire like as they're growing their businesses and how that's really shifting based on what's happened in the world the last few years, I would say in particular, and really like how I've taken those things and those are reflected in reclamation. So I'm going to share a little bit more about what those differences are, what those shifts are that I see, how we can incorporate those changes into our business and really be thought leaders that are at the forefront of shifts that we are seeing in the world, in our consciousness, in what matters to us, in our values, in how people make decisions about who they want to work with, what products they want to buy, all those things. I'm excited to share that with you all today. Just to give you a little bit of context. So I, you know, I've been around long enough (laughs) to see a lot of shifts in the world, right? I grew up at a time or even when I first entered the workforce, there was no social media, there was no smartphones, right? Like I grew up in the like the OG era of marketing, literally my first job, there was no social media, no no internet, none of that, right? And I've seen more than one recession, like I bought a house before the right before the t- 2008 crash, right? I lost a home in that process. I've lived through just a lot of things, layoffs, and I think like layoffs. I mean, we've all just been through a global pandemic. There's just been so many things that I've seen waves, right? So I think from my perspective in being a 40-something-year-old eldest daughter of immigrants and also being a marketer, and my job as a marketer is always to study human behavior. It's always to study shifts that I see that I think there's this part of me that's lived it and a part of me that is always like a student of consumer behavior and of human behavior is really like looking at what is happening in the world right now and how those of us who want to build impactful, profitable, purposeful businesses without losing ourselves in the process, what I'm going to share today matters. I'm going to cover shifts that I'm seeing in the last several years that affect what matters to us as entrepreneurs, especially if you are a person of color or first gen, and that this matters for you in your business in terms of how you're marketing, what community you want to be part of, part of, and all of that. So one of the things that I would say is like when you really think about the last several years, in 2020 alone, we faced a global pandemic. Like everybody came face to face with their with mortality, right? For the first like Every single person at some point like worried or or like saw that people were dying and you know we worried about our lives in a way that like we never did before and I think that that awoke that woke a lot of people up in the sense that like if you were kind of in the rat race a lot of people left their jobs or you know by force really at that time but like if you were really in the rat race of climbing up the corporate ladder it's like it you we all took this intentional pause during that time of like what am I doing 
Like, do I want to continue doing this? Like, what am I doing this for? At the end of the day, like if I were to not be here tomorrow, like, do I like the way that I'm living my life? Do I like how much time I'm spending with my family? Do I like my relationship with myself and how I feel? Do I want this type of job? Do I want to keep going in this direction? And so I think at this point, some people had no options. And and some of us, you know, like myself, I would have lost my job had I not quit like two days later. I started my coaching business just before the pandemic. I was really like, you know, at some point, there is a luxury, right, of us getting to a place where like money is not the most important thing. Like you've got your needs met, but like there has to be something more. And I think there's there was this global, like, well, I don't know about global, but like at least in, you know, we could say in America for sure, that those of us that reached a certain point of like security were like, okay, there has to be something more for me. So I think that's one shift that I've seen is that we've all come face to face with our mortality. You know, there there was a there was a global pause where we couldn't see each other. We couldn't like go do, you know, quote unquote normal life. Many people lost their jobs and like couldn't make ends meet. A lot of, you know, there's a lot of shifts that that changed how we saw things and like what we were chasing. It chased it changed what we were chasing. So that is one shift. And also kind of related to that is like we've continued to see like a recession and like massive layoffs have really changed how we view like quote unquote security. Like for example, like last year and this year, we saw layoffs in like the tens of thousands, right? And if you are over 30, you've probably been laid off at least once. You've probably seen your parents like lose their jobs. So in entrepreneurship, now what I see is like people are focused on sustainability more than ever and growing despite what's happening in the market, right? So like in order for for any business to be sustainable, you constantly have to be looking at like what is happening, how are people making purchase decisions, what is what's changing and that's what makes it so that any business is like recession proof, right? A third thing that I'm seeing that is recent, I would say, if it is recent, is like what we're witnessing in the world right now that I think is affecting like how we see ourselves and how we want to show up. So, for example, like the occupation of of Gaza, I think we are currently uh, as we speak, I think it's like day 43 of the occupation and we are like seeing genocide being like live streamed to our phones and we're feeling powerless and angry. And I think right now we're at a time where like more than ever, we are globally seeing a break between words and actions. So like people saying one thing or government officials saying one thing, but then the actions not being that way. And I think it's put us in this position of like mistrust. And I think we're seeking people we can trust whose words and actions match because we are being collectively let down. And so I think it's it's almost like all of these things like the pandemic, recessions and layoffs and seeing the occupation and genocide happening is really like awakening us and shaking us up in a way back to back really that like we haven't really seen. And I think that as a result of that, like I really have thought about the business that I want to build, who I want to call in, the values that I want to build these on. And it isn't just me. Like my clients come to me because they also are like, I don't want to just build how I've built before. I don't want to just like rebuild my corporate job in the form of a business. I want to do work that matters. I don't want to center money at the expense of like how I feel and my mental health and time with my loved ones and my family. Like, And so all of these things that I'm going to talk to you about today, I'm going to kind of share different aspects of reclamation and how they really reflect these shifts. So one of the things that we really center in reclamation that's really like a reflection of what's going on in the world is that we don't just 
pick a niche. This isn't just about a niche. Like we are looking at emerging needs, like shifting needs, unmet needs in the market. And the reason for this is that things are constantly changing. Even if you're not changing your offers, you're going to have to look at like, How are people buying? How are they justifying purchase decisions? Are people desiring like a reason that's deeper than let's say you have an outcome that you provide, but it's like sometimes people are like, well, how are you different from someone else? Why does this matter now? Like, why should I work with this person versus this person? And so I think like constantly looking at like, what are the unmet needs? And when you look at unmet needs versus a niche, it's kind of like there is a gap in the market that exists. And I've talked about this in other episodes and I've talked about this in my marketing, but there are, there's a gap that exists. And when you focus on gaps, you are automatically a thought leader in that space because you're one of few that's looking at gaps versus kind of being in the same arena as everyone else, right? And so that is also what would make any business like less affected by what's happening in the economy because you're always looking at like what is the unmet need now? And it doesn't mean that your offer has to change. Sometimes it's just your messaging changes or you're just talking about it in a different way. And also when you're talking about unmet needs, there's already demand there. It's like if you can think about the river is already flowing, you're just putting your cup there, like the demand is there. You just have to speak to the gap versus what anybody else is talking about. It's basically how you differentiate yourself. An unmet need might be something that's very similar to what someone else does, but you're serving it or you're viewing it or you're solving it in a slightly different way or the lens that you bring is slightly different. So we always in Reclamation, like we look at unmet needs. Let me give you an example. So like I serve first gen primarily, women of color and first gen. And I don't just say that I serve them. I actually serve them differently because I look at how our conditioning as first gen in particular and survival mode responses affect the very skills that we need for leadership and entrepreneurship. So things like self-trust, visibility, identity, feeling safe to use your voice, all those things, how they show up. And I've coached hundreds of of women at this point, both in corporate and in entrepreneurship on those patterns. That is an unmet need, right? So in fact, if you serve women of color, you serve first gen specifically, and you look at their needs, that's an unmet need because not a lot of companies or brands look specifically at what are the needs of women of color? What are the needs of first gen? So if you serve women of color and you serve first gen, that's already an unmet need. As long as you're thinking about how are their needs different from someone who isn't a woman of color or isn't first gen? How are their needs specifically different and how do I serve them differently? That is an unmet need. So the thing about that is when you're serving an unmet need, there's automatically less supply of people solving that problem. And when you think about supply and demand, the less supply there is of professionals who are solving a problem, there's higher demand because they don't have as many options, right? And when there aren't as many options, then even like price becomes less of a factor, right? Whereas when there's a high supply or people perceive that you are doing the same thing that anybody else does and why should they work with you, at that point, your price is more elastic. Like people are not as willing to pay for something that they consider to be a luxury, right? We see this in in goods and in purchases and all different purchases of things that are considered a luxury when people are like more looking over their money, right? So it's like thought leadership and looking at unmet needs basically means that like supply and demand is in your favor at all times. So we look at that and I see this. The reason that I, I look at unmet needs is because number one, I'm a marketer. I was a marketer for 16 years. I, I Any product that I ever helped a company sell 
was because I was always like, how can I position this as being different than another product, even if the product is technically the same? You can, you don't have to actually change the product in order for it to speak to an unmet need. And I did this for 16 years. So I bring this into my coaching now of like, I can make any product different. I can make any product different. Sit with me, go through my programs. I will extract that difference. And there's naturally demand there when you speak to that unmet need. So that's one thing that we do in reclamation that is in response to shifts that we're seeing in the world because I think people are becoming more discerning about where they're spending their money. So that is number one. Number two, in reclamation, you do not have to perform or change who you are to make money. And (laughs) this is important because many of us, well, everyone really um, in, in these last few rounds has been a person of color, first gen, and we are used to it not being safe to exist, let alone like be ourselves. So it's pretty revolutionary that in reclamation, like we, this is why I've made it so that like, how could I make each person's story or each person's identity an actual competitive advantage by looking at how does your story help you see and solve this problem differently? How does your identity help you see and solve this problem differently? So no longer do we have to hide our our quirks, our personality, our story, our mannerisms, our way of speaking. Our past becomes relevant. It isn't just the professional, let's say, coaching experience you have from right now. You literally could be an expert from day one. It doesn't matter how long you've been in business. This is how someone could be new, let's say, to coaching or new to entrepreneurship and still command a premium because I look at you have more transferable experience than you realize. Your transferable experience could literally be your life, your story, your identity, your perspective that you know didn't just start today, right? So in that sense, you don't have to perform or change who you are because who you are is a competitive advantage. And that's important. Like in the reason that that's even in my programs or that's one of my angles is because I serve women of color and first gen. That's unique to them because for them, that wasn't the norm. That wasn't the norm for their parents, right? I wanted to share that because I think that we'll see people will say that they serve people of color, but it's like, I always think like, if you really want to serve that niche differently, how are their needs different? How could you serve their needs differently? So number two is really like in reclamation, you don't have to change or perform in order to make money. In fact, being who you are helps you make money. Number three is we expand what success means. Money is part of it, but it isn't the center. It is a natural outcome of what we focus on. And the reason like my people, my people naturally don't just look at money as success. It matters to them how they get there, right? And the reason that this is a a central focus of reclamation is honestly that many of us have experienced kind of being disillusioned with chasing, like climbing the corporate ladder, like conventional success, where like money is at the center. But then when you make the money, you become kind of let down and disillusioned because you're still unhappy or burnt out. You know, you feel like, what is the point of all of this, right? And that's why many of us became entrepreneurs. It wasn't because like we were trying to survive, especially like a lot of my clients left six-figure or multiple six-figure jobs, right? It's because they desire a different level. They they want to expand what success means. So in reclamation, we don't just look at, okay, how much money do you want to make? We're also looking at what parts of your life right now feel really challenging. Where do you find yourself in like fight or flight or freeze mode? Where do you find yourself like on the border of burnout? Where do you find yourself feeling resentful towards your business? Like what is the support that you need in your life, not just in your business? Do you need to hire a house cleaner? Like do you need to get meal delivery service? Like do we need to ask for help? Like what do you need? We we look at like a life first approach 
to business because we're not going to create like our version of success with the same decisions and like the same behaviors that we relied on in corporate. So everybody that comes to me, like they have a more expanded view of success in the sense that they don't just value the money. It matters how they get there. So like in the wins channel, we do have people celebrating like being booked out, landing five figure, or even in some cases, multiple five figure contracts or making you know, 15K, making multiple five figures in a month or landing speaking engagements. But they also are literally celebrating how they showed up for themselves during hard times, taking time off for the first time in forever and like delegating to their teams. They're celebrating, even if it's not celebrating, they're recognizing and being proud of themselves in the wins channel over how they showed up for themselves in a loss, in something tough happening in their family, in finally feeling comfortable or sitting in the discomfort of slowing down after an entire lifetime of like, go, go, go and being in fight or flight. And we collectively celebrate those things. Like I really thought about how like I didn't want to create a mastermind where the only thing that feels worthy of sharing in the wins channel is money, because that does create this culture where like other people feel ashamed if they're not like hitting that number this month. And so it's really recognizing how you get there that the money even comes in the first place. So that is really the culture that I wanted to celebrate is like, what is the point of me creating a mastermind when literally the only thing we celebrate is money? Because the way that you feel and how you're showing up for yourself and how you're leading yourself along the way is what's going to result in the money anyways. So that's a huge part of of the culture that I, I always wanted to intentionally create in a mastermind. And also because we go through seasons, right? Like even if you're quote unquote killing it, like one season where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm making so much money. Inevitably, we all will go through periods of time where we are struggling, where like the numbers aren't like this the thing that you're like touting and like super proud of, right? And I don't want people to feel like they're not worthy of being in the room or like they have to hide now. Because I've seen it a lot where like people go ghost, they go quiet in a mastermind because they're like, oh, I don't deserve to be here because like I'm having a hard time. And then what happens is they end up staying in that place for longer because they feel like they can't show up because in this season, they're not hitting the numbers. And there's always going to be a season where you're not hitting the numbers. Let me just tell you, right? (laughs) It's just part of, especially as you scale, you're going to have bigger months, you're going to have zero months, you're going to have, you know, a lot of stuff in between, right? And this is how you get the help that you need by expanding your definition of success. Because how about if the way the decisions that you're making right now to solve problems in your business, to fix systems issues, to be compassionate with yourself and slow down, to figure out how to delegate to your team better, to do all those things is actually how you're going to pull yourself out of the thing you're shaming yourself about, which is, you know, the money situation, which is also why I help people to not shame themselves too, because these are the things that make success more sustainable, right? Like I'm not about to create an environment where like literally we're only praising one thing and that becomes very delicate. Like you end up, it it becomes a lot harder for you to ever stay in that place because it's like the minute you're not there, you think something is wrong, right? So my people know how to pull themselves out of tough situations because we've expanded what success means in reclamation. For my people, for sure, like how they feel when they're creating their success matters. Like it matters how they get there. They value quality of life. They value freedom. They value like the impact that they're making. They value time with their family. And it's reflected in how people share. It's affected in what we celebrate. It's affected it's it's affected even in our strategy and what we suggest for you. Cause in a particular season of life, I may be suggesting 
things that you need in your life in order to help you so you can show up for your business. This is especially true if you're a parent, which many of my clients are parents, single parents, have part-time jobs, right? And we have to look at holistically, like look at the person. And this is also important to me about us expanding our definition of success because for women of color and first gen, many of us saw our parents like live in self-sacrifice and we're not going to self-sacrifice our way to multiple six figures, right? Like that's just it just doesn't happen. And if it and if it did and you, and you got your way to multiple six figures with self-sacrifice, you're probably burnt out and you don't enjoy the ride. This is number three is success. Expanding our definition of success is another element of reclamation that is really in response to what we've all experienced collectively and how that's shifted what matters to us. Number four, and I'll recap these at the end of the episode, but number four, what I've seen is People no longer want to push through to get things done. We don't want to have to put our emotions in a box. We don't want to have to compartmentalize anymore. We don't want to have to like suppress our emotions. This is why we focus on getting our brain and our body kind of on the same page, on the same team. So like the bridge between knowing you want to do something and actually feeling safe and having the capacity to do something. We build that bridge. So this is why in Reclamation, we have not only a nervous system course that you can go through um, depending on, you know, and you can identify if you're in fight or flight, if you're in freeze, like, what can you do to support yourself? Every person comes away with a custom plan of like, how do I support myself in each state? What works for me? How do I identify which state you're in? But we also have uh, somatic and nervous system coaching within the program from the incredible Yunitsi Gomez Serrano. She was actually my somatic coach all last year. She is a member of Reclamation, so she is my client, but is also our somatic coach. And just to give you an example of how somatic coaching and nervous system coaching will affect your business. So she specifically works with entrepreneurs. She was a therapist, was for years, and now specifically works with mostly, mostly works with entrepreneurs, not exclusively. To give you an example of how getting brain and body on board matters for your business and why nervous system coaching helps people get better results. She held a processing session last week, like an emotional processing session, because like what we're witnessing in the world, you know, a lot of us are holding a lot of grief and anger and, and anxiety. She held a processing session and one person in Reclamation said that after weeks of feeling anxious and having a hard time making decisions and having a hard time focusing, which is basically fight or flight. It's like when you feel really anxious, you're like, oh my God, I have so much to do. I have so much to do. I have so much to do. And you just can't get yourself to do it. And you're sort of like a car, like a car that you're hitting the gas and the, and the car won't go. That after that processing session, she said like the two days prior, like she released a lot of emotion, cried, and that the next two days after were her most peaceful and productive ever. And she got so much stuff done. That's why getting your nervous system on board with your goals is so important because sometimes we're wanting to do something, but it feels exceptionally hard and it's taking a lot of time because your body doesn't feel safe and it needs to actually process and move that through your body so you can do the thing. And sometimes it's because the thing is scary and sometimes you just feel overwhelmed and you just can't do it, especially when you have ADHD. That also you know, is the case. Or if you have kids, you just feel the overwhelm will literally stop you from doing one thing. And that's how people procrastinate and they put things off. We have the support because I want business and growth to feel easier for you. I want you to feel more at peace while you're growing. As we grow our businesses, we are holding more money. We are making bigger investments. We are holding more clients. We are holding more visibility. And that is very activating to our nervous system. Another way that we help you to get out of the, the mode of like pushing through and not having to push through is 
I also use really like neuroscience-based methods to repeat and instill like new behaviors. So like to make you see yourself differently, to essentially shift your identity. These are things that I've used in my one-on-one coaching. I've just done pure life coaching for for several years too, where I really helped people to like adapt to new behaviors and, and feel safe to do so. So like one of the tools in reclamation is called the belief bookmarking method. And the belief bookmarking method has to do with taking a moment or a period of time where you feel like you're calm, you're grounded, you're able to access your higher self, you're feeling good about yourself and knowing inevitably you won't always feel like that. How do you bottle it up? How do you bottle it up so you can go back and revisit it when you lose that belief, right? And that's a normal thing that happens to all of us. And I developed the belief bookmarking method based on me being gaslit my entire life, right? So gaslighting makes you question your reality. So like I didn't know how to trust myself or listen to my intuition. But what I would do is I'd have like these 1% of the time moments where I would be able to listen to myself and I would leave myself messages. I would write myself letters and it would help me in the other percent of time where I wouldn't listen to myself or trust myself that I'd be able to go back and be like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm definitely right. I can trust myself. So part of what I do with my clients is I help them create their own system to capture the belief that they want to practice believing, but they, they create evidence of it in different forms that they can continuously go back to so that even if they have self-trust 20% of the time and 80% of the time they don't, that 20% becomes 30%, becomes 40%, becomes 50%, and it's custom to each person. So that's another way that we help you not just push through to get things done. Like We actually get your brain and body on board with your goals, which is how people are able to grow more peacefully and trust themselves and love themselves and be compassionate with themselves versus feeling like they have to perform. So that is number four. So just to recap, number one, we look at emerging needs and unmet needs in the market so that you're always on the forefront. You are always a thought leader. Number two is you do not have to perform or change who you are to make money. That is a central concept that we operate by in Reclamation. Number three, we expand what success means. And if you are in reclamation, we help you define like what does success mean? How do you want to feel along the way as you get to your goals? Number four is people no longer want to push through to get things done. We help you get your brain and body on board with your goals. That's another difference. And finally, number five, another shift that I'm seeing that is reflected in reclamation is that people crave community and connection and to be seen more than ever. And many of us already have had experiences and know firsthand that being in the same Zoom room or being in the same Slack channel does not equal community. A culture has to be created. You have to intentionally create a community where people feel safe, where they trust each other, where people feel like they can share things that they wouldn't share somewhere else especially when you're used to like having your guard up and having to like perform, which many of my clients are like, I don't want to talk about feelings. I don't want anybody to see me like not having my stuff together because they're high achievers, right? Like this is how we were conditioned is like, don't let anybody see you like weak or don't let anybody see you like not polished. So that is not light work, y'all. Like that doesn't just freaking happen. Like people don't just show up in my containers and start to spill their life story. they'll They'll just sit there. If they do not trust you, they will not open up. They will sit in the same Zoom room with each other and they will not connect with one another. And they won't ask for coaching when they need it. They'll wait. It's just, I've seen it happen, right? You have to create intentionally. It happens on purpose. I've seen like the coach is a huge part of creating that 
safe space. So in order for a coach to create a space of safety in their containers, they have to be somebody who has those, like is comfortable with being vulnerable, who is able to hold space for people in their vulnerability without shutting them down. It has to be somebody who has like deep connections and friendships in their own life, basically walking the walk, right? Because people can feel if you feel uncomfortable, like with their feelings, they people can feel if you aren't, if you have difficulty like opening up and and developing deep connections with people, right? Outside of, of coaching. Even the way that I run my live events, our live event that we had for this, this current round, what I thought was it actually matters very little what I teach because they're going to learn this stuff from me anyways. Whether it's now, whether it's I, you know, in our first coaching call, whether it's a video, like they're going to learn the stuff anyway. The most important thing that I, I have centered, like for example, in this last round was we have a cohort that is renewing and we have a new cohort that is joining and now they are merging together. How do I get different people together without feeling like there's a click, there's a club, they, they don't feel like they're the new ones coming into it? So what I did was I said, I need to focus a lot of my time in the first day for everybody to introduce themselves and not just here's what I do, here's who I help. I crafted questions that would make them have to talk about themselves from different angles that the questions required a little bit of vulnerability, but not like so much that they'd feel uncomfortable. But what happened was we spent an hour and a half on introductions on the live event. And this was a virtual live event, right? It's going to be even better in Mexico City. But we spent an hour and a half on introductions and it was the best time we could have spent. Because by the end of the introductions, people knew each other in a deeper way beyond what they did. We, we knew, you know, we knew more about those people than like maybe some of their friends and family like might even know about them. And so as we continued on and did the live event and I did some teaching, we did some somatic processing. By the end of the second day, we did this and, you know, people felt comfortable. There was a lot of participation in this live event. This is the other thing. I don't just talk at people. Safety also means people feel safe raising their hand and being like, having a dialogue, right? So by the end of the second day, we did this exercise where we passed a virtual ball around the room, around the, the Zoom room, and each person said something that they admired about the person they were about to pass the ball to. And those answers were so specific. Like it wasn't like, I think you're great. I think you're so strong. It was like, they listened to each other. Like they were quoting back things that the other people said. And they're like, I think, you know, they, they gave them the highest praise and people cried right? Like they were seen. But why? Because I created an environment where people felt safe being seen. And shout out to Yudi because this was like her idea about passing the ball around. But like what happened at the end was everybody cried. Everyone like knew each other more deeply. So at the end of two days, we had accelerated connections between many of, of which were strangers. And I have seen that pay off consistently throughout the mastermind. They coach each other. They get on peer coaching calls. They support each other. They come to me and you can tell they've all like been having conversations. And they're friends, y'all. Like they are friends. And this is important. This doesn't just happen. And, and I honestly am like, this is a big part of why they're so successful and like why they're so grounded and happy is that like they have this community that they feel safe with. They have these friendships with people who have their back, will coach them, will like call them out when they're playing small. They will all collectively share their expertise. So like we have someone who's a systems expert who helps people like, okay, let me help you map out your systems for your launch. We have other people who are attorneys and will like lend that information. Someone who is like a networking expert who can help people with that. Other people who are LinkedIn experts who are like, hey, you know, like people have questions about LinkedIn lives. Like they're literally 
helping and coaching each other. They are referring each other for business. Like on more than one occasion, we've had people like land corporate contracts as a result of just being in reclamation, right? We had someone land a multiple five-figure contract recently and have a 61K month. And although that isn't like the norm every month, but the whole point is like they they like love and support one another. And that is beautiful. You know, and I can't tell you how many times I have been asked, like people have told me they've joined masterminds or they've joined groups wanting to seek this type of community and haven't been able to find it, even if they're extroverts, even if they're comfortable being open, they aren't able to find that. So I'm realizing what a rarity that is to actually find a space like that. It is rare and people desire it. They crave it. We want it because we're, even though like their social media, like I think part of what we're seeing, you know, in general is like an epidemic of loneliness, right? And as you're building a business and doing something you've never done, you have to have this community. I honestly would say at a certain point, if you've made like 50K, it's better for you to be in a mastermind and in a group than it is for you to be with a one-on-one coach. I I don't know if that's 100% across the board, but I would just say this because you really do have to shift the way you think. You have to shift who you text on a regular basis. Like who is in your top five that you text on a regular basis needs to be other entrepreneurs. It needs to be. That is going to determine your success. Like your close friends need to become people who are also building businesses. And I found my closest friends in business through a mastermind, right? And we were vulnerable. Like people have asked me, many people have asked me, like, how did you develop your friendships? You know, like they'll see me and my friends and they're like, how have you done that? Because I feel like I've tried and I've showed up to the communities. And it really did take what I've created in reclamation, you know, because like how I met my my coach friends was being in a space where it was safe to like to cry and to show emotion and and all of that. And so like the friendships that I have, we see each other on like our most hot mess days where with our uncoached thoughts, where we're crying and being vulnerable, but we also celebrate each other super hard, you know, like we coach each other and it's beautiful, right? Like everybody desires this. And I wanted to create a community where like that is easy to find. Like you actually will find like-minded friends because that's a gift that you'll have forever. Like I hope that people develop lifelong friendships from, you know, being in my communities. So to recap again, shifts that I'm seeing in the world, shifts that I'm seeing in like what matters to people in terms of how they grow their business, how they decide who they work with are the following. Number one, we look at unmet needs and what is shifting in the market because at that point you are always solving a relevant need where there is demand right so we're always looking at how is the world shifting how do we need to shift our you know our messaging in order to always be a thought leader so looking at unmet needs means you are a thought leader in that space you're always looking at like what do my people need and how might that be changing in this season number 2 is people desire to not have to perform or change who they are to make money number 3 is there's a desire to expand what success means beyond money number 4 is there's a desire to be able to not have to push through to get things done which is why we focus on getting your brain and your body on the same page and number 5 people crave community true community where they can be seen and connect with other people and that these things matter more than ever. And I think that as we decide, like, how do we want to move forward and what do we need? I think thinking about like, what are the most important things to you that are going to make it so that your financial goals are inevitable? What do you need to have? What do you need to be surrounded by? What needs what needs to happen in order for your financial goals to be like, of course, I'll hit that. 
if I'm supported, if I'm kind to myself, if I know how to regulate my nervous system, if I feel like I have a good quality of life along the way, of course I'm going to hit my financial goals. That is really the the concepts behind, or at least the culture of reclamation, I, I would say. What, what I kind of shared today was a lot about the culture of reclamation. I mean, that's also why I called it reclamation. <laughs> Honestly, it's like we're taking back a lot of the power that we gave away in order to survive, in order to get by in like the workforce and just oppressive systems. Like we get to take our power back and actually thrive in a way that previous generations like thrive in a way that our parents couldn't, you know? So like we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to them to thrive along the way. So I'm really excited for this next round. I feel like I have more clarity than ever in terms of what I'm building, the movement I'm building, the community that I'm building. I'm seeing the results already in my current clients and how easy it seems to be for some of them to hit their goals. And I'm just excited to continue that on. If you have been craving, if this spoke to you, if you've been craving something different and you really want a space like this, I would encourage you to join the waitlist. And the way that you do that is by going to either my website or going to my Instagram at mariella.delamora and go to the link in my bio. What you're going to see is a link to register for my workshop. By registering for the workshop, even if you can't make it live, you'll be on my waitlist. So join the waitlist by registering for the workshop. And the workshop is Double Your Demand with Thought Leadership. It is going to be on Wednesday, November 29th at 12 Pacific, 3 Eastern. I'm so excited to be with you all. I'm so excited to coach you, serve you, pour into you. You will walk away with clarity, decisions. It's not going to be something where I'm like, dangling a carrot and not actually giving you the goods, you actually are going to walk away with that clarity. And then I'm going to share about what continuing that work looks like for 12 months in reclamation, working with me and having the most amazing community of women of color and first gen kicking off with the live event, a live retreat in Mexico City, February 3rd through 5th. I'm going to be teaching new curriculum live there. You're going to leave with decisions made, clarity, connections with your mastermind sisters. And that was all really important to me. And we're going to plan some really fun stuff. We're going to have an outing. We're going to go out to dinner together. I'm going to have a photographer, videographer. Like, it's just going to be so fun. Like, I cannot, I cannot wait. I look forward to hearing from you all on your takeaways from this episode. If any of this stood out, like, please screenshot this, share it on your stories, tag me, tell me what stood out to you. It would help me so, so, so much if you loved this, that you rate the podcast five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts because that helps more people to find it. Thank you all so much. I will see you on the next episode.